0: first time ever hear you loud and clearly and it was going place that stuff's great but the game is not a roguelike
1: boomer shooter (laughs) hello this is john st john and you're listening to kwep
0: in the key Bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the Drowned God kathala lulls your
1: mind with the tastiest talk in town.
2: Welcome to another chapter of In the Keep podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the Drowned God, the Motherlode. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the Drowned God kathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. So there are a million reasons why you should not listen to this particular podcast. Um, I'm going to try to talk you out of it. And then if you feel after I do that, that you should still listen to it, then go right ahead. This was, for me, an amazing experience. I traveled home to Alabama to minister. I'm an ordained minister, crazily enough. And I went home to be the minister for my best friend, childhood best friend, Jacob's uh, wedding. And it was just the most beautiful and soulfully amazing experience. I've I've never done anything like it in my life, and I would do it again a million times over. I want to say, first of all, congratulations to Jacob and to Ashley for their union and for, you know, tackling life together it's it's going to be a journey and i love you both but the the point is that this this was recorded at jacob's bachelor party so we got a room in biloxi mississippi at the hard rock uh, casino hotel we threw the fuck down jacob won a shitload of money at the casino we had lots of drinks uh smoked some big cigars had a great dinner uh it was just so cool. And at the end of the night, we all decided to sit down and record a podcast. Now you'll notice, uh, you know, there, there are people who introduce themselves. This is me, uh, my best friend growing up, Jacob Weaver, uh, my best friend also growing up, Dylan Deeg, and then Jacob's brother-in-law. His name is also Jacob and <laughs> you'll catch on Jacob Adams. And then, we also have our friend Tristan who falls asleep in the, like the first 10 minutes. But it, it's just, we had a great fucking time. And this is uh, us in a hotel room, hammered, just shooting the shit. And we talk about a lot of, you know, relevant and irrelevant things to this podcast. So, again, I say if, you, if you, this turns you off... Don't listen to it. It's not the best audio recording in the world. I had my Blue Yeti with me. I turned it on. There's like fucking, you know, four people talking in a hotel room. Uh, AC kicks on every once in a while. I didn't even try to edit that out. There's, you know, I did some light editing, but it's not anything too invasive to the conversation. But this is me, you know, as a podcaster. Hey, you know, I'm the Mother of the Lord, but like, I'm also Thai. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fucking dude from Mobile, Alabama. And these are my best friends in the world. And I think that they're both really incredible. I'll let them introduce themselves. But yeah, they're they're both uh, legal pot dealers up in Seattle. I think that's amazing that you know they're making a living doing that shit. They both have great aspirations. Uh, Jacob is a power lifter and a competing power lifter, and you know, Dylan is an a biology student, a very intellectual guy. I just I'm so proud of where my friends have come. And little Jake I don't know where the fuck he's going with his life yet. He's still very young, um, but he's an amazing guy. I just I love getting to know him. And also he's got a badass fucking stupid little car that he's been souping up for a while. And I had a great time just looking at his ridiculous-ass modifications to his car. Man, it's not a world I'm into, but gotta love that kid. And I'm very proud, even though you might not want to dig this. This is definitely like a... This is one of those podcasts that's for the fans. It's not for, you know... I do I do podcasts with people like fucking Aubrey Hodges and John Romero and, uh, you know, like that kind of shit. Even though I wasn't there for John Romero. You guys know that. But I do these amazing, amazing, big-name guests. And I do that really for the purpose. Like, not that I don't want to talk to those people. I definitely do. But, like, I want to create a platform where I can introduce the audience to people that really mean something to me personally. And I can't think of anyone more personal other than if I had Mrs. Motherload on, which I doubt will ever happen, but maybe you shall agree to it one day. Other than that, like these are the closest people to me in the world. And I'm just very proud and honored to share a moment in time uh, with me talking to them. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about video games. We're going to talk about wrestling, we're going to talk about that, you know, just my perspective on podcasting. You're going to get to hear me talk in an extremely southern accent, which is far thicker than what you're used to here on the show because I try to shield it, but honestly, it's, it's always there, especially when you're drinking old, good old PBR, right? Redneck fucking Colorado Kool Aid type shit. This is a great, great show to me. Whether or not it is to you is for you to decide, but if you so choose, I'm about to roll some music. Uh, from one of my online best friends, Mr. Hadakant, some rockin' fucking roll, man, some really good uh, heavy metal shit that he sent over to me. I-, I hope you dig it. And as soon as it's over, we will be in the keep with Jacob Weaver, my best friend, Dylan Deeg, my best friend, and Lil' Jake Adams, who is now also one of my best friends. Fuck it, man. Like, I... how, how much closer do you get than a brother-in-law to someone? That's uh, a different kind of relationship, and I, I hope you enjoy it. If, uh, if you do, let me know. I would really like to do more stuff like this in the future with my friends.
0: for your vows, Jake.
3: Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yeah, go for it.
0: All right. Verbatim, this is what you do. You take that You take that uh, acoustic guitar I had, right? Drop T. You go, I love you, bitch. I ain't never going to stop loving you, Verbatim.
4: Tristan, <laughs> I wrote this ten minutes ago, right? Yeah, I love
0: you, bitch. I ain't ever gonna stop loving you, bitch. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, wah, wah. He sounds so menacing when he says it. I sound like an evil Pac-Man. Wah, 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 wah.
2: So it's a, a rare occasion that I get really like intimate with my personal life and shit on the podcast. But given the circumstances... I am going to now share with you my best friends from childhood. Uh, So this is a show with me and my friends Jacob and Dylan. And we're also joined by Jacob's brother-in-law-to-be, Jake. And it looks like Tristan's just walked into the room. He's going to make a lot of noise as he sits down on the bed. I'll try to edit that out as best I can. (laughs) And... Uh, so the deal is right now that this is a bachelor party of which we have all been uh, gambling in Bulldogs in Mississippi all night long. And Jacob won...
4: $3,600.
2: $100! Okay. And uh, all the rest of us fucking lost the shitload of money. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I
3: lost so, a little bit of money.
2: So, actually, the like, best way to do this is to have a round table where everybody says their, like, their name so people know what your voice sounds like. And the microphone will pick it up.
4: My name is Jacob. I am the reason for said bachelor party.
0: They call me Abernathy Jones. <laughs> That's Tristan. Uh, Jake, uh, soon to be brother-in-law.
3: I'm Dylan. I'm a, a friend of
4: Jacobs. You're my best man, Dylan. Oh, thank you.
2: And I will be uh, ministering the ceremony.
3: Minister. That's a flattering title.
2: I know. It sounds dope. Yeah, like That's why that versus maid of honor.
3: Best man's like. <laughs> Sounds like it's you he's talking about his
4: title, not your title.
2: I mean, they both sound dope. What's yours? <laughs> Minister. Minister. He's the, what's yours? He's <laughs> the officiant. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, I don't know, like, ministering is, like, really fucking easy to do, apparently, in America. Like, I talk to people in Europe and shit, and it's, you know, they have to go through a whole thing. But here we have this you know first amendment right to free speech and freedom of press and freedom of religion and all that which just entitles you completely to like do whatever the fuck you want as far as religion goes so you can just start start your own church and or whatever it doesn't matter
3: it seems like you need to start a church at all
2: you don't have to i mean you could just be a minister of whatever you want
3: this has to be of something you have to give them something
2: you don't have to give them shit you just go through like the Universal Life Church is who I got it through, and like anybody, yeah, anybody could just go on the internet. And bro, I'm sorry, Father Tristan over here, and, and myself. No, that you just go Tristan, on the internet. Tristan
3: ain't even done. What? I'm, what? We're yeah, not yeah. asking you to, have to you prove it, it in any way. I'm just saying like Ta. you need to like write I something got
0: down. Yeah, you Yeah, do you down it right. Oh yeah, but
3: I'm saying like you have to write down. Like, Ta has like name an here. official like. Minting your card, like yeah,
4: because he
1: paid thirty (laughs) dollars. Yeah,
2: you just pay an extra little fee and you get that shit. You get
4: the thing. I got the I got the printout.
2: But anyway, we're also celebrating ten years of uh, friendship for uh,
4: a decade
3: in the books.
2: Because we all became friends in like what two thousand ten area. Yeah,
3: that's yes, from Twenty twenty
2: now. Not Oliver Nathie Jones. Alright, When did Tristan come around?
4: Tristan came around probably four-ish years ago, so between between three and five years ago. Okay. I I couldn't tell you exactly when. It was about, about the time y'all moved out of town is about when me and Tristan started hanging out regularly.
2: Just to be uh, clear, we've all had lots of drinks and smoked cigars and... Had a big time tonight, so... If Jacob sounds a little drunk, that's because he is. Both my feet are mm-hmm. so. And, uh... It's also worth noting that this is primarily a video game-related podcast, so we have to talk about video games at some point. But to give some background on what you just said, like... We're... We've been friends for ten years, and you say like, right around the time we moved out of town... So, like, uh, a lot of the audience already knows I grew up in... Mobile, Alabama, with these two fuck faces. Tap. And all you other fuck faces that are joining us here. So we're all from the same shithole. But I moved away to Arizona. Well, I mean, I moved away to California. And then to Arizona after that. Or back to Mississippi. Mississippi. I moved around a lot because of my job. But yeah, that was in. T- fuck, 2017.
4: 15.
2: I think I started to get yeah, and then 2016 is when yeah. I actually left. Yeah, you left.
3: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: y'all were shortly after me but y'all went to Seattle. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, like I went to Seattle I don't know, it was, I think it was a few days before you shipped off actually. Like it was really weird how the timing lines up there. And y'all are uh,
2: in uh, the marriage I business. Tristan, could you make less background noise? <sighs> Possible. that would have been funny to
3: you asked me if you could make more. Could you make <laughs> More easily, But then he, yeah, they're like, yeah, I guess that would be antagonizing him. So yeah, don't, you shouldn't have done that. You're right. So <laughs> <laughs> you you uh,
4: Our bud tenders slash managers at a retail cannabis. I'm a bud tender and he's a manager. I'll slash tender. I, I still bud tend more. Uh, than I'm a, like the. I am not manager a manager slash anything. anything. Well, I said slash, like, to encompass both of these.
3: And or. uh oh, whatever, just I'm being, I'm being pedantic. You just rolled your eyes. Is Shallow and pedantic. Yeah, that is the quote from that one thing. Do You
2: guys want to define the word pedantic?
3: Fuck you, Ty.
2: <laughs> I was just curious. I don't know what it means.
3: Well, I'll find out really quick. Uh, some dug-dug goofoo coming on right now. Goof. I appreciate the effort. GoFu? GoFu.
2: Is that the word? Oh, yeah. So... Go-foo.
3: Hashtag not a sponsor.
2: Jacob, what's the, what's the YouTube situation? You, you're
4: all doing, right.
2: what, Fortnite and workout shit or what? Like.
4: I'm not doing any YouTubing, anything. What's the deal? You're you a sponsor. I am technically a sponsored athlete, yeah. But all they require from me two posts a month on Instagram... With certain hashtags, I, I guess the idea is people search on Instagram to look up their stuff. But I have seven followers on Instagram.
2: So the the, the threshold to become a, a sponsored athlete is
4: incredibly low. <laughs> lower,
2: lower or higher than a uh, an ordained minister in America.
4: Uh, I suppose slightly higher. Because you have to have an Instagram account, I guess. You have to have an Instagram account and it's, at minimal make two posts a month.
3: Like, it's it's lower than, like, to become an employee at Walmart.
4: Yeah. it's and I, and I guess also to be clear, like, they don't send me money. They just send me free product.
3: They just hire fucking there.
4: Like, they send me, like, once a month they send me a box with, like, protein and just various supplements and <laughs> swag. So it's like
2: bodybuilding stuff, or
4: uh, more power. I mean, I suppose you could use their supplements to do anything you please. You know, in in the realm of gyming. I am doing more powerlifting than bodybuilding. I don't care to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just want to be as strong. As Arnold Schwarzenegger.
3: As Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. <laughs> That's right.
4: WBF. That's also, I mean, in, in the world of powerlifting, Arnold Schwarzenegger does not rank very high. No, he's
2: definitely
4: a. Bodybuilder. He, yeah, he was. He He trained for aesthetics, mm-hmm. whereas I'm training for strength and less about what my physical body looks like. Clearly, fuck you.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you've like transformed since the last time I saw you. It's again, quite so. impressive. How, how much weight did you lose? If you don't mind divulging.
4: Uh, well, I've definitely put on some some uh, a handful of pounds over this past week.
2: All right, th- this week notwithstanding. This I week notwithstanding, I've and... lost
4: between 100 and 110 pounds. Okay, so it
2: is possible. So all you fucking geeks out there, who can't get off your ass and go to the gym.
4: Get off your ass and go to the... You don't even got to go to the gym. Get off your ass and go for a 30-minute walk a day, and it's so much more what you do in the kitchen than anything. It's... Diet is... I think the cliche is, you know, the diet's 80% and the gym's 20%. That's It's true, though. Like... Especially people who are like where I was, you know, severely obese, like you can lose a significant amount of weight by just start eating healthy and, you know, try all the keto diet, try the OMAD intermittent fat, whatever bullshit you want to, eat less calories than you burn in a day and you'll lose weight.
3: Or inherit truly remarkable metabolism.
4: Yeah, or it'd be like Ty and Dylan and just have fantastic metabolisms. I don't, your-
2: no, I don't think it's like, for me anyway, I don't think I have like some kind of fantastic metabolism. Like,
4: I'd I literally just run my ass off. Now, but you did not.
2: When well, I was a kid. Like, back when we were all teenagers, I just fucking starved myself. I like, just didn't eat, you know. Okay,
4: okay well, okay. I was insane. let was- Dylan. Dylan had a horrific diet for a long time and stayed very skinny.
2: Yeah, but, like, and, Dylan and,
4: would and
3: eat... And let's be, let's be fair here. It's, it's still not good. It's better.
2: But he would eat, like, you know... It's much better. He's, like, one of those fucking dudes that would... No offense, Dylan. My dad. You were just, like, not... Um, food, food was not, like, a priority for you, it seemed. like You were just kind of, like, a... Uh, food was, like, a necessity that you had to mm. include every once in a while. So. That's, yeah, that's,
3: that's not a bad way of putting it, and, like... I guess the big thing was just like I was, because of that element, I was very picky because like it had to be something that I liked, you know, like I had ditched, I wasn't able to compromise on that a lot of the time. And I just had a really hard time with certain foods like cabbage. I literally could not eat without gagging. Like I tried so hard. Dylan had
4: trouble. a total of five food. Man, you would rotate between. The
3: amount of
2: Tyson chicken and pizza rolls that we put down.
3: Yeah. And that's uh, there's Bob Evans, uh, the national potatoes. I eventually moved on to country croc. I've got a, uh, like <laughs> a legitimate. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot question. better. Still my, like, uh, still uh, not good. Yeah, still my <laughs> <not> good. <laughs> there's still um, much better to just make your own, which know. I just. Don't have the, uh, the, the best patience for peeling all
4: those
2: potatoes, man. My mom told me to take sport? like five, ten minutes no. to right, push on no, her. No, hold on, one at a time. I'm, I'm not, not saying I know like
4: yeah. the entire history of the sport and know everything about it. He's number one in the
1: list, top ten of all time. Um, so who's, who's the number what, what Ed, Ed Apparently Ed Cohen, Ed Cohen is Ed the, Cohen, Cohen, the Cohen, top he power he lifter of all time. Well, what is his total number? He set 71
3: world records in powerlifting and is the lightest person to cross the... 2,400-pound barrier.
4: Okay, so what that means when they refer to 2,400-pound barrier is his one rep max of squat, bench, and deadlift. You combine those three numbers, and it allegedly breaks 2,400 pounds in total, which is incredibly impressive.
3: It's like a car.
1: All right, so Mark Henry is considered like the third best power lifter.
2: I think he got yeah, his record true. got broke by another kid from Texas because he was like the Texas. Ma-
4: Mark Henry is truly a strong dude. Right?
2: Nah, no, like but I forgot about. That. Right. I mean, so, so
4: there's that one time you like pulled an eighteen.
3: So like, Mark yeah. Henry
1: and Ed like, Cohen like fucking
2: 20
3: start jerking
2: off. Who comes first? I don't know. Mark's got some beef on him, bro. <laughs> I mean,
3: Mark's a big dude. I feel like Mark gets a lot of on oh, I wonder if someone like <laughs> Mark, like if it's like an effort to not like accidentally crush it. Yeah. Like, you know, not, you can't have like that fucking vice grip.
4: He's got a, I mean, well, th- it's, it would be less that than I would think more like, cause I, I've been like training, you know, powerlifting <laughs> you for like, right. for, for two months now. Yeah. And my hands are already just so ate up in calluses from just, you know, gripping a bar mm-hmm. so much.
0: Yeah, so like, just like pe-
4: people who've been doing this for years, like, your dick. <laughs> like there's a, there's a dude that like I follow on social media that I get a lot of like information from because I think he's entertaining and smart. You know, he he's, at least seems like he knows the shit. We all
2: listen to Joe Rogan.
4: It's not Joe Rogan.
2: <laughs> I, I, I listen to Joe Rogan.
4: Uh, like he showed a video of his hands and they it looks like fucking uh, what's the dude elephant face or mm-hmm, the elephant man. Yeah. David lunch Like it, just his hands are absolutely disgusting. like he's got calluses on like every digit of his fingers, yeah, and like all over his palms, not just on the, you know, right under the finger of, on your hand on your palm, yeah, just all over. Like they're they're absolutely disgusting, and like I, I think at a certain point powerlifters like have to buy pocket pussies.
2: When I was uh when I was like really. <laughs> yeah. you know,
3: Plastic. <laughs> to get like reinforced steel ones.
2: When I was really into wrestling, like that, that was kind of I was into. I guess you'd call it powerlifting, but it was like Olympic style, like five. I literally did the five by five program. Yeah. And, but I would like, you know, because like, uh, what's his name, Eddie? He would say like, <laughs> do, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and take the weekends off and shit. And I didn't even do that. I would just do every other day. Yeah. Um, but that was when I lived in Citronelle, Alabama. And the only gym in town was closed on Sundays, so I had to work like work around that too.
4: See, I go, I take Saturdays off, which Saturday is my Friday in my work week, mm-hmm. and I, like that's the only I, I I at the very least do cardio on every 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 other day besides Saturday.
2: Yeah. So, like, what's cardio? Do you
4: cardio is a run or a walk. Mm-hmm. uh here recently i've been incorporating the <clears throat> row machines i think those are a lot of fun i try to do like some hit style cardio on them
2: i don't know like i don't take exercise as like a regimen thing for me it's just like running is just like therapeutic it's, it's like more for my mental health than my physical health yeah right
4: r- running or just going on long walks i i really do enjoy uh Occasionally, Dylan will join me on my walks. Yes. That's always fun, just to chit chat and bullshit while we just walk around very North Seattle. Yeah, because we do also do this in the middle of the night because we don't get off work until midnight Seattle time. So it's often you know, like between one and two a.m. We're doing these walks, and it's it's a good time.
2: So yeah, for me, it's like I. If I don't run, like, I mean, minimum, like my minimum is, like, two miles. Yeah. Like sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five if I just, like, really feel like pushing it that day. Usually it's really weird, like, when I feel my shittiest about myself is when I do the most work. 100%. Yeah, like, and it's not like a, I don't, it's not like a cognizant thing. It's like, all right, I uh, stayed up all last night drinking and I ate a fucking double whopper or some shit like that. And I don't even think about it the next day. I go out there and I'm like, ah, fuck. I can't even do like maybe half a half mile a day. Like, I don't know. I don't have it in me. And then I'll get like to that point, And then I'll just, usually for some reason, it just a switch hits in my head. And I'm like, no, keep going. Yeah. And I ended up like burning it off. So, like, I don't think I have some kind of crazy metabolism, like genetically. I mean, look at my family. Like, <laughs> I
4: mean, not everybody in your family is that big.
2: I mean, I love you all, mama, papa. Mom, all, pop, all everybody, but I come from a juicy stop. Um, we thick, you know, and yeah. I, I just, I really think it really comes down to like for me, like I you mentioned earlier, like intermittent fasting. I don't really do that in that, like a in a super strict way. Yeah, but generally speaking, I just you know all right, whenever whenever's my last beer or you know last time I ate or whatever it is that happens to be, I will. Yeah. uh Generally, like, give 12 to 14 hours before I have yeah. my next meal.
4: I mean, the entire point of intermittent fasting is it limits the window of which you can consume calories, thus making it really easy to eat less calories.
2: I mean, my understanding of the human body literally is just whatever Joe Rogan said last week. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, I can take that biblically or anything, but that's where I get most of my information, is a lot of people of our generation. I,
4: I don't listen to a whole lot of Joe Rogan, but, like, what I have listened to, he at least seems like he knows what he's talking about in that regard.
2: I mean, he is... What I admire about Joe Rogan is not like I... It's not like I think he's, like, some kind of fucking saint or anything. It's just that he's had the opportunity to, you know, have conversations with a lot of people. Yeah. And so his access to information... Is greater. So, like, you know, one week you'll have fucking Alex Jones on, and then, like, another week you'll have, uh, you know, this, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick was a really big featured guest on the show a lot, and the diversity, if you, I, like, for me, I, some people just, like, listen to, oh, yeah, I listen to the one with, uh, what was that, what's that fucking, uh, some bodybuilder, it doesn't matter who it is, that kind of shit, like, they'll just listen to, like, whatever interests them, but I'm, like, a pretty legit like I listen to a, a lot of shit and you, so like over time I've kind of gotten the middle ground and so you don't I, I don't know you don't take everything for granted like yeah. for granted, like this is exactly it what like it's supposed to be that kind of thing
4: kind of off topic it was really shocking to me like how many bodybuilders or just, you know anybody in this world like how, it was just shocking like how common steroid or other performance enhancing drugs like how common the usage of those is
2: i mean if you want to look like some of these guys look you just it's like it's like the lance armstrong thing
4: yeah it's like
2: uh you want to compete you gotta have to like Like everyone's doing it kind of thing
4: I, i mean i obviously knew you know like most like people in like the wwe or you know what you know that kind of stuff like Obviously, you know, most of them, you know, use some sort of PED.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, but like, like you, like guys like Eddie Hall or Brian Shaw, uh, you know, just the top of the class, like strong men. Mm-hmm. You know, in in that world, because strong men and powerlifting are different. Yeah, because I mean, there's just different events that you, you know compete in.
2: Yeah, pa- powerlifting is very restricted to, like, the Olympic, you know, barbell. And no,
4: then, Well, you, so you're doing deadlifts,
2: so, bench presses, and... Yeah,
4: deadlift, be- squat bench, deadlift. Those are the three... That's the right. only three things that matter in powerlifting. But a strongman uh,
2: competition is, like, Lifting practical. atlas stones, yeah, and, practical. you know, pulling
4: trucks, yeah. and things of that. Now, Olympic powerlifting is different. Mm. That's, like, the clean and jerk, and the clean and snatch, mm. and, you know... <laughs>
1: both of those (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the clean and snatch
4: like while you know similar movements basically like a deadlift is just pulling a bar off the ground in its simplest form whereas you know like a a clean and snatch is you know pulling the bar off the ground and then flipping it up to your chest Mm -hmm. it's like additional movements yeah Uh, so obviously you can't you know do as much weight it's just it's a, it's a different, it's just different exercises. I mean, it's, you know, essentially, it's, it's different movements. Yeah. Uh, I, I, at least as of right now, don't do any of that. I w- I'm not going to say I wouldn't. It's just not what I'm training for right now. I'm training for like strictly squat, bench, and deadlift.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's whatever your goals are. Like for for me like my kind of philosophy on health and uh, i'm not like some fucking health guru i'm sitting here smoking cigars and drinking beer all night and doing shots of maker's mark and eating nachos but Jefferson. uh well we did maker's market dinner
4: we did do we'll maker's get
2: around to that later but mm. um <laughs> my philosophy on like health is more like uh in terms of strength building or just you know whatever exercise you do to me it's like a what are the practical things that you do in day-to-day life, right?
4: Yeah. So uh,
2: how There's often are you... Not, in a,
4: s- not a whole lot of practicality. In right,
2: this. so for, like, bench pressing. Yeah. right? And you know, a lot of fighters would say the same thing. It's like, why even focus on... Unless your goal is to have a big chest or you know, or win a competition that involves you lifting shit off your chest, well, see, how often in life do you lay on your back and push something straight up off your chest?
4: Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not... Yeah. I, I Obviously, like, in... The act of increasing my squat, bench, and deadlift, I'm increasing, you know, my overall strength just for, you know, anything. Like, I am training for squat, bench, and deadlift to do competitions in squat, bench, and deadlift. Like right, that, yeah. That's what I want to do Is as, your as goal? of right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when this all started, my goal was weight loss. You know, I lost the hundred and so many odd pounds. I did that. And I feel like. In my previous attempts to lose weight, you know, when I've lost 40 and 60 pounds, you know, whatever at different points in my life, like I would do that and be like, all right, cool, I did it. And then I would just go back to eating shitty and, you know, quit working out. It would, you know, it would go from every day to just a handful of days a week to just two days a week. And then I eventually just wouldn't be doing it anymore. And I think like, the difference in those other times and this time is I've added another goal. So I'm you know still working towards something. Yeah. And while I, you know, still want to lose, you know, a little more weight or at least a little more body fat, I'm, I'm fine being, you know, at 195. Just having a, a new goal. And I think, like, my, I've signed up for my first competitions in February of 2021. I think, just, you know, working towards a new goal. And, just I, you know, say I hit – say I go to this competition in February and, you know, I compete – I place whatever irrelevant, Uh, and it turns out it's not. I I don't. I don't don't like the actual competition side of it. You know, maybe I change. Maybe at that point I start training for some more. You know, like Olympic powerlifting stuff, or start training for more strongman stuff. Because you know, I I I'm not so old that I could not get into that sport.
2: Yeah, strong men have like a longevity to them. Like you I, see guys competing in their like thirty, like mid thirties and stuff. Yeah,
4: I mean into their mid thirties, yes, yeah. which is still a decade away from me. But you know, it's not. I mean, some sports you can play. You know, well into your forties.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, like so, like uh, let's say football, for instance, right? You, you yeah. could be a quarterback into your into 40s, 40s, your forties. Know? Yeah, but definitely. you're not going to be a fucking.
4: You're not going to be a like a lineman, and yeah. like that's uh, that's my body type is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not overall big enough at, you know, five 5'11", 195, but... Yeah. I guess that is my general body type.
2: To kind of tie that into the theme of the podcast, a lot of what I talk about is that, uh, like, eSports has an incredibly low threshold for, like, in, it just in overall. If we're talking about eSports in general. Yeah. has a very low threshold for uh, age, right? So, like, most eSports athletes, you know, or cyber athletes, whatever the fuck you want to call I, Whatever. Them. Um... You know, the 20s. And
4: yeah, I mean, I just, that's just like, yeah. I feel like just in your 20s is like the age where you, you know, grew up playing video games, and it's just more a part of your life than uh, people.
2: I, th- I mean, that's part of it, but I also think it's got, uh, just from what I've understood from talking to different people, it has a lot to do with dexterity and reaction time, and that's, at your you know, for men anyway, that's... Yeah, I guess your peak, 20s would be, you know, yeah, that makes sense. you know, 16, 17 to 27 in that yeah. area. And, but, so like in, uh, in Quake and the faster paced games, you would think that reaction time would be so much more important, but it's actually, uh, from what I understand, you know, I like to talk to people like devastation, uh, talk to people like, uh, Machiavelli, like these guys will tell you that, uh, I think CyGib was another one that told me the same thing that, the you know, in, in games like Call of Duty, you know, with like low sensitivity aiming, that kind of thing. The reaction time is a much bigger deal, but in games like Quake, it's like a chess match. Because, like, that's another part of this that I kind of want to, like, share with my audience about. We, like, the three of us played Quake 3 together, you know, when we were in high school. And Jacob, he kind of came around later on. Mm -hmm. Um, But playing Quake 3 together was, like, a huge fucking deal to me. Like, that was, like, that shaped what I now do. Shut him up. Fucking get him out of here. (laughs) Tristan's snoring.
4: <laughs> you, you're snoring, Bo. You we need to walk to the other room if you're going to
2: crash. Um, that was a huge fucking deal as far as like getting me to where I am now. And, but when, anyway, point being, the, mm. the whole point I was trying to draw here is that I, the, the threshold for esports athletes stretches far beyond that because the best player in the world right now is Rafa and he's in his 30s and I think he'll probably still be playing in his 40s, you know. Mm. Um, but strictly because it's not he's not the best aimer, he's not the you know quickest reaction time. It's, it, it, statistically there's no reason why he's the best player. Right. It all comes down to he's got the mental game down and he can play a better uh, round than anyone else so you know I think
4: in a lot of the games especially like battle royale shooter games you know that are what is I guess from an outsider's perspective of the gaming world what is you know the more popular games like I feel like just the strategy aspect of it is yeah. incredibly important like when to go where and when to not to and yeah things like that
2: I had a guest on the show recently from Zen Sports their sports betting company but one of the guys he's like their general manager of their esports division because they do you know actual sports too cool but he was talking He was a big Fortnite guy and we were discussing how Fortnite You know, really comes down to building. It's what kind of separates it from other games, because it's a shooter, Mm -hmm. but it separates itself from, like, you know, PUBG, from uh, Call of Duty, all this kind of shit, because of the building aspect.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I personally, like, I would not ever play Fortnite for the shooting. Yeah. You know, like, there's, it's it's what's around it. Yeah. Like, the shooting itself is just not great. That's kind of, I guess, I am bad at the building, so. Like and the shooting aspect is more uh, appealing to me I guess so that's a big part of why I just don't click with that game as well as uh, something like PUBG and to me like the reason
4: like, I got started playing Fortnite when it at least first became popular I don't much mm-hmm. play it anymore is it's it's more of a they, they try to make it more of a video game and less like realistic in terms of you know just the combat like obviously the fact that you can just Randomly, just build a wall in front of you and you know, point no sessions I mean, there's gonna
2: be a what, what do you? Call I, I like
4: my video games to be video games and not like a yeah. simulation of reality.
2: Oh, yeah,
3: I would agree with that, but I feel like there's a huge gulf in between those two things. Like you know, uh, there's a suspension
2: of disbelief in all videos. Yeah, even like yeah, you know, like, yeah just,
3: even like a uh, like an actual simulation game. You, know, I just, like you take a
4: game like like Call of Duty seems to be what's you know really popular right now. Yeah, again, from an outsider perspective of, you know from from a guy that does not play a lot of video games, it it seems like it's meant to try to you know look realistic and you know be realistic in like the physics of it and yeah. the. Images of it, you know, just a- everything about it's meant to be very realistic, and yeah. Well F- Fortnite is very cartoony.
2: Yeah, it's, all, it's kind
3: of... Uh, Dylan, you have something to say? Oh, I'm sorry, like, I was just going to jump in there. So, like, with the Call of Duty thing, I see what you're saying, mm-hmm. but, like, I think Call of Duty, like, plays very cartoony, is the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... The graphical style is much more realistic, but, like, ultimately, like, if you want a realistic shooter, I... Probably can't think of like the best example of one, but like just for an example of what something I've played, like Rainbow Six would be an example of something that definitely yeah. makes much more of an, a length to ground itself a bit. And I, there's some ultimate example that I just can't think
0: of right Escape now. Escape from Tarkov. Yeah, I was going to say Escape top top from Tarkov uh, squads. Yeah, that one's very intense. Uh, I feel
3: like a long time ago, SoCOM was pretty popular
0: for that sort of thing. Yeah,
4: I did. I did, I did watch a handful of people play that Escape from Tarkov game.
0: I've never even heard of it's that. It's one of the most realistic. Yeah. In terms of uh,
2: just know, that serve, me. Gun handling, it's probably the most realistic game yeah. on the market. Like,
3: um, it also like, one of the hardest games to play. De- de- definitely, it's got a lot to me. I find that very interesting. Like, I, that sort of thing does definitely draw me into some things. Like, I like, I'm a fan of the challenge, and uh, you know, I like the restrictions of. Having like, work around the restrictions of, like, realistic things like that. Like I
4: like strategy games, like this, this new Among Us game. I, I want all of us to play that really badly. Oh, dude, that'd be dope. I mean, we're all Have you
2: guys played Unfortunate Spaceman?
4: No.
2: It's ever. very similar to Among Us, but it's a first-person, like, horror game. Yeah. Shooter, and... So, I mean, for me, that makes me more interested. Also, it's like New Blood Interactive made it, and they made Dusk, and I love Dusk. So, yeah. Um, but very similar kind of premise, and you're, you're all trying you know, who done it kind of game. Like yeah. so, in, in unfortunate spaceman, like one of you is the um, a space monster alien thing, mm-hmm. but you disguise yourself, and no one knows who it
3: is. It's very similar to Among Us. I've been trying to get someone to play GMod murder with forever. I'm just, I'm never going to fucking be into Gmod, man. And I can't get into G—I can't get into Gmod, but I feel like people who aren't into Gmod can still have a lot of fun with Gmod Murder. Because, like, it's its just a game within a game,
0: you know? I have a lot of fun with Gmod, but if you do it by yourself, it is not a fun game, in my opinion. I,
2: I just think that there everything that you can do with Gmod, and this is, like, kind of counterintuitive to me, because I also, I'll turn around and have the opposite argument for, like, Doom Mods. And shit like that. Mm-hmm. Everything that you can do in Gmod has a, an existing better alternative yeah. in the market. So, like you know, we could play Gmod Murder, but we could also play Among Us for five dollars, or we could play Unfortunate Spaceman for free,
4: yeah. like
0: for and have a better experience. Yeah. Gmod is only five dollars. Yeah. So like, I oh, just dropped it. Stop so on it. I own it. Yeah. I bought like five or six years ago. So. so like that would be like a very expanding platform versus one game for five dollars. Mm. So I'm not saying Gmod's an amazing game by any means. I mean it's I think it's, it's really cool. Yeah, no, it's an awesome game. For fun like, physics. You can do whatever the yeah, like like whatever you want to do. Yeah, matter. like
3: the yeah, the playground and like fucking around aspect is like something that's very cool. about yeah. it. Like Jacob, you have that uh realistic car damage game you were uh uh g
4: yeah, B and G. Yeah, I like I like that one, which I guess goes against yeah, my point like of for why I like Fortnite. Like, yeah, but yeah.
3: Like I I like that a lot. Uh, there's there's more of it in games. Uh, but this is a completely we could not be further away from genre here. But like as an actually a big issue I have with the Little Big Planet games, which I really liked, like. I thought, I guess, games was really good, and I thought the creation suite was just, you know, it's the most detailed, insanely, like, you know, like, just great shit, but it's, like, of all the incredible variety of genres of game you can make in that, like, none of them are, like, very good. And I think that's the issue Dreams is having right now, which, like, I don't know if you're all familiar with that. Uh, Yes, same team made that, came out earlier this year. It's basically just, like, the core idea of that Create deal. You've probably seen like a donkey video on or something. I don't I feel know. feel like I've watched you play it. I don't know why. I have not it, played it. But like, okay. Maybe something else, something
2: PlayStation else. for years now has like struggled to create characters that people really resonate with. I, so like, if you think back, yeah, hear me go out. Go Think back to like, the time of, you know, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and then go a little bit further back, you got Mario, you got Jack Kirby, and Dexter. Jack and, Jack and Dexter. You,
0: know, that you,
2: was have, you have these like Yo. characters that you just you see their silhouette and you know who they are.
4: Yeah.
2: Sack Boy is not in that hall of sac fame. Boy is not in that hall yeah. of fame for sure. Yeah.
3: that's the, the Sack big,
2: big Little Big, oh, is that a little big Okay. Yes, yeah. yeah, little, little
3: brown it's a little guy brown guy, yeah. yeah.
2: He's a sack and he's a boy. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, very cute, but yeah, they definitely did not catch on in that way. I was going to say in response to that though, like, as someone who hasn't really, like, I really don't play a lot of big AAA titles these days and like, it's diminishing by the, like, like, as time goes on, as I find other shit that I find more interesting, but they seem to, like, I think they have seemed to do really well actually because they did kind of like, Come, they, you know, they kind of like were working from behind the previous generation. This generation, they, were, they basically just kicked everyone else's ass yes. in terms of like sales and like installments in homes. And I think the big major attributing factor to that, because it's not like they have the, just like some crazy great hardware thing, but it's just uh, the amount of major AAA titles that are resonating with people and you, and most of them are, like, story-driven games with, like, I'm not, like... I haven't even played a lot of them. Like, say, the God of War, most recent God of War game was apparently, like, great. Like, I've heard that from people who I trust a lot. And, like, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, a lot of people seem to really like. And, like, these characters don't mean much to me because I haven't actually played the games. And I'd say that's probably true for everyone in this room. But they seem to be resonating with somebody. Like, Kratos, I think, is at least fairly iconic. But, like, he's also, like, 15 or so years old. For the Realms Deep conference that I was part
2: of, I, I got to interview uh, Chuck Jones. Not, well, I was going to say not Warner Brothers. Chuck Jones, mm-hmm. but he, he did in fact work at Warner Brothers at one point in his career. But, yeah. um, uh, so he he was a, he created like Duke Nukem characters. He created he literally created G-Man and Gordon Freeman for <laughs> Half Life.
3: Oh wow! You know, and that's big. It's impressive.
2: And you know, and then he went on at Warner Brothers. He made a bunch of uh, stuff for the, uh, the Middle Earth games, like
1: um, like Shadow of Mordor and all that.
2: Not Shadow of Mordor, but I think more the other that, ones. Like, yeah, Guardians of Middle Earth kind of stuff. Um, but oh, wait, wait, wait for that. But he he had a lot of you know, as a character designer, as an artist, you know, for video games, for and having a, a resume of like this is what iconic characters are like in games. Like how much more iconic do you get than Gordon Freeman? And Duke Nukem, in my mind, you know, like those characters, like Solid Snake, Doom Guy, Mario, like these are yeah. these are characters that are just really resonate through to through time. The, yeah. So, like to me, when I think about that, because I don't even think the game has a lot to do. With it. You can make an excellent game, but yeah. if it doesn't have an emotional connection with the audience, then it won't last. Is and
1: I think. Yeah, I think an issue with that uh, lately, like, this com- comes back around to what Jake was talking about earlier, is you know, that realism versus non-realism because I think a big part of that, say, like Sony's a uh, cash cow and, like, you know, big money or just critical acclaim game for the past ten or so years has been Naughty Dog stuff, and those games well, while obviously heightened in a lot of ways, are grounded in some sort of reality, and their characters while, like, extremely well written and voice acted are just dudes you know yeah. like from the outside you know if, if you play through the game and like you follow the story you get invested then that's one thing but yeah like if you just jump in this game or you're more of a casual approach to it who kind of person like you don't know who Nathan Drake is like he's just yeah. that dude
2: I, I think verbatim something I have said, I'm not sure who I said this to you but I was like show me a picture of Crash Bandicoot show me a picture of you know Mario show me a picture of Mega Man show me a picture of any of these characters? Mm-hmm. Show me a picture of Nathan Drake. I guarantee you, people gonna be like, I don't know, it's just some guy.
4: Who's yeah. that? A little character, just a head with like a suction cup thing for a mouth. Oh, that's like uh, a Cubert. Yeah, Cubert yeah. was a really fun game. I mean, at
2: the time, the, Bomberman. Uh, yeah. Bomberman. Was, yeah. Bomberman. But that was a trend Frogger. in the nineties. Is that you had this art style that was actually limited by what they could do. Yeah, yes. the graphically, yeah. But that forced them to be very stylistic and and such that it, it became a trend to, like, okay, we need to create like a character. So, it, like, Jazz Jackrabbit was, like, the PC equivalent to Sonic the Hedgehog or to Mario, like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the the PC platformer at the time. And yeah, there were lots of attempts at that, obviously. You know, Glover, remember Glover from the N64? Like, yeah. that sad attempt, but, like, the, the same style remains. Like, we just need to make a really simple-looking icon that yeah
3: can,
2: whatever, sell merchandise. Brand recognition.
3: Yeah. I was uh, looking here because I'm c- kind of curious about this now, just, you know, this discussion about, you know, iconic characters and, uh, you know,
1: like, looking through recent years, because like, I'd actually say, like, even, like, less so than a PlayStation thing, that seems to be, like, a kind of a triple-A major gaming industry as a whole thing. Other than Nintendo obviously, but they're still like kind of coasting on characters that are twenty or thirty years old for the most part. Uh and yeah, there's not a lot of great examples like I'll give this to Fortnite or Minecraft even. Like well, maybe they don't have the characters, like they have extremely distinct art styles. So like you see something from the game you can kind of instantly identify it.
2: I think Minecraft is in the in the group. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, that's transcended. Yeah. Video games altogether, yeah. Like, Minecraft is like part of that. Like, that's like that's like Legos in our in our day. Yeah, like I've literally never played Minecraft, but there's not. You know,
1: I have played a small bit. I the appeal was lost on me personally, but
2: I'm in the minority.
0: An ample amount of Minecraft. There we go. Yeah, and it's, I mean, hear it from a zoomer. <laughs> it, yeah, it's uh, especially with friends, it's one of my f- absolute favorite games to play. And that, that comes from someone who hops on COD for six hours at a time and only plays Search and Destroy. Because I love the strategy, like strategy aspect reading yeah. how people play, everything like that. And then I can hop off a game of Search, go hop on Minecraft and have 20 times as much fun as I was on COD. And it's just, you can do whatever you want, as much as you want, as many times as you want. Like, you can have a you can have your own village, you can have your own kingdom, stuff like that. And it it lets your imagination just run wild, do whatever it wants. Yeah. It, I mean I've played the game for eight years now. I mean I can't think of another game that I've played for eight years straight that's Okay. Minecraft.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think imagination is a big operative word there. Maybe oh, yeah. uh, maybe that's why like it resonates more so with younger audiences, it seems. Mm-hmm. And then obviously once you've started, like, you know, it's like, then you're, you're with it for life. Yeah. Like me, like if I was, if I had never seen professional wrestling and I just saw it now, I'd probably just like what the fuck, well, <laughs> but, well, like, like, but I started when I was a kid and they got me. So.
2: My- Minecraft. It, so like a big theme of the, the show is like, yeah, you I know, talk about how doom and quake or, you know, these open source moddable games, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, these are the first games that were really open for the community. to are like, all right, anybody can just take this code and make a map. And, yeah. You know, like that kind of, and that with less guidance and less uh, control created a huge, you know, uh, you know, everything we've talked about so far, like call of duty, uh, everything on the gold source engine, half-life, all that shit, you know, all the valve stuff, basically every first person shooter other than unreal and things derivative of unreal took something from the Quake engine, which was developed by EdTech, which is mm-hmm. also made Doom. And, you know, not to just keep harping on that, but the the fact that it handed the creativity over to the player made it, you know, more, um, we're still talking about it 25 years later. And I think that Minecraft is an interesting uh, derivative of that, because it's, it's not like this totally open source, like, do whatever the fuck you want with the code kind of thing, but it does, it it literally, with the part of the game facilitates you as a player to do whatever you want with it, you know, it's, no, a, it's a sandbox. You know? Yeah, like creativity is the
0: entire point of the game.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I think that's why it will last.
0: It's crazy, because there's also, like, an ending to the game that you can reach, but... I had no idea. Yeah, there's, like... No, no fucking... Problem. Yeah, there's a huge ending to the game, you've got to... you got to beat the dragon. Yeah, you got to beat the ender dragon, and I mean... There's some people that have played Minecraft for years and have never done that because you can just hop on that game and say you want to go fight the Ender Dragon, you can do that. Say you don't know who the Ender Dragon is and you're just hopping on this game just to have fun, build stuff, and hang out with your friends online. I mean, it's crazy. Like, name any other game that you can just do that with that's been that popular for this long. and. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's Still growing. growing. That's why, I, like, wow, or you know, any anything yeah. that involves social interaction, yeah. and not, not like, not in like the like CS:GO oh, social yeah. interaction no. you
1: know where it's just, just fucking people's mothers.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and racist Anything. like Oh that, yeah, you know. the
1: racist shit too.
2: But you know, where it, that's like a kind of just your inner chat room with people. But I mean, like mm-hmm. when you're working towards a goal with other people, it's or maybe, like you're, you know, you're. Fighting against someone and learning from them, that kind of thing, or it's a it's a sport. You know, these are different things. And for the casual audience, because people really get wrapped up in the, like the esports thing when they're talking about this kind of stuff. But when you get into a community like you know like mine or whatever, and you're constantly exchanging information with other people and you get to know them as a human being and not just as this like icon on the internet, um, that is another huge avenue into gaming culture, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: At least for me, it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, like, that is gaming culture, you know, yeah. it's a you know, the people and maybe that's a I think, because, you know, like, I think about you know, you're talking about the casual audience and I'm trying to kind of assess, like, where do I fall in that spectrum? And I feel like I'm pretty, like, I am a lot mm-hmm. video game nerdier than I'd say, like, the majority of people. But there's still so much above where I'm at, you know, especially, like, talking to you and, like, you know, like, I'm not on a Discord or anything. I, and I think that's the main difference. It's just, like, I haven't made any reach into, like, being part of, like, one of those communities that exists in these video games, you know? Because, yeah, I think that is, like, that's the thing that you sinks you into it. I and mean, I'm sure there's some sorry fuck out there who's, like, obsessed with Solitaire, but, like, on, the, <laughs> you know, something that is just... Endlessly staring into the void, but you know, almost all these uh, things are uh, have some sort of, if not a multiplayer component, just a community, like say Tetris, for example. I'm sure there's like all sorts of discussion that people have about Tetris just because they oh, love yeah. it so much. And now it is multiplayer, but like even before then.
2: Um, uh, I mean, speaking as your friend, yeah, like, you're a like you're not so, you're not like this hyper game nerd, like I, if anybody here is a hyper fucking, yeah, hyper like it's probably me and Jake. But not not that Jake, the other Jake. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can
1: we'll, see We'll, we'll let
2: the audience sort it out.
1: And, <laughs> the one who's not ready. getting married.
2: But, yeah. well... Right now. His sister's getting married, so oh, okay. it's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Have a good where the fuck was I going with this? I don't remember. The, I, I, but you're like a... You're someone that I, as a friend, like... High, kind of put you on a pedestal, but you're the most hyper-analytical person I
4: actually know. And you're the only person I know that keeps a running list of just their favorite everything. I don't really do that so much anymore, but, like, I did I did do that for a long time, so I get what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying, like, I can ask you, like, what is your give-or-take top five favorite any Movies, category of movie or, something or, like or that. you know, music, yeah. and you can give me... I could pull something out of my ass. I mean, yeah, but you, like... You, you know, you could you could give me a list of just any. Yeah, I'd like have to think about it a bit, but yeah, like I could. Like this, and there's just, there's just no way I could do. It. Like I can't give you a top. That wouldn't
1: be. It would band list. It would torture me because like I'd know that there'd be something I'm missing off the top of my head, yeah. and the only way to fix that would be like to go into a deep dive, which I have done. Like I told you about this, you know, like yeah, we were a few talking about ago, so. not long ago. Yeah, and uh, like there is probably five or six bands whose. Like at one point, I don't want to say what I was in like college the first time. I actually went through and ranked all of their songs, like from like you know just all of them, the entire discography. And like with some of these bands, like say Nine Inch Nails is probably the most prolific one. That's like upwards of like a hundred songs. Yeah. And you think about ranking those one after another, like it's just a really stupidly yeah
4: weak just thing to do. Like it's such a time consuming task for no reason. And you take, like, like one of my friends, like Nirvana, who does not have a very extensive, you know, catalog. Yeah, three records. Yeah. You know, like, there's no way I could, there's, there's no way I would ever sit down to attempt that, much less, like, be successful yeah. at it. Now, like, yeah, like, off of the top of my head right now,
1: I could probably sort through in utero and get, like, a top-to-bottom thing
4: going. Now, I couldn't like, I for could the other you. records because I don't know them as well. Yeah, but. I mean, I could tell you, like, my favorite song from, you know, each yeah. record, but... Like, yeah, I couldn't give you, like, the full, you know, like, list. Like, this one is one and this one is 11, you know? Yeah, like, I wouldn't, again, like, this
1: wouldn't be something I just have on cue. But, like, I could figure that out relatively quickly. Because, like, it's 11 songs. I know them all very well and how much I like each one. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not talk, just make this about me, but.
2: No, the point is that you're someone who is. Gifted in being like hyper analytical of everything you do. So when you say I, like, you, you kind of introduce this segment of the conversation, I was saying like um, that you you're not like super into the gaming thing, or really. like I, I, you know, I yeah, feel like I, like I, I, think think I am, but like also I'm or,
1: not. It's a weird yeah, thing. But you're
2: not like in it all the way. Yeah. But your your ability to look at what you see and analyze well, it is. Like, I just I latch onto things, I guess. Yeah.
1: Like you know, say for example, and that's like. And it's been kind of taking me on a journey, you know, because like I'm going to start out and, you know, with 10 year old or so Dylan getting his uh, first PlayStation uh, 10 years after it came out, because like I was not really raised on video games up until, uh, say, until that age when my parents were divorced and they really needed to impress me and like <laughs> give me something to do <laughs> when my single mother was at work. And that was, you know, you know, so, like, we're talking Cabela's, and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he knows. Uh, yes, in, in the South, Cabela's is extremely popular for Cabela's the... Cabela's uh,
2: big game hunter is one of the best yeah. fucking games on, ever, on the Wii. Bro, <laughs> I don't I feel like God. the Wii. Version. I, was at, I was at Aunt Brandy's house, I had the Wii blaster, with that thing fucking latched on there. I'm perched up, with lights off, right? Yeah. Perched up on top of the couch, like, on the, the back of the couch. And I'm, like, I'm hunting this fucking bear down like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's gonna die
4: the, di- the bear scared the shit out of me yeah I remember I took this one like the warthogs too I took this one lady to the movie of theater course. shit
2: oh wait I just opened up a paps word of, and Jacob you drew eight of diamonds dude I still have the last paps sort of when you handed me. <laughs> well you better drink it what Dylan you want
4: one uh sure
2: alright so what you got yeah but uh, I
4: took uh, alright
2: you lost okay. five of five of spades there enjoy
4: um. Uh, yeah, I, I took this one girl to the movie theater. We had like I don't know, maybe fifteen minutes to go before the movie started. Yeah. So I hopped on the Cabela like arcade game. You know? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And I wound up getting so into it that she left me Gosh. and went into the movie theater. And she had the tickets, so and I didn't have any you know, other cash to get another you know or anything. Yeah. So, so I guess- wound up just leaving her at the movie theater.
2: All right. Little Jay got a jack, so he yeah. went
1: Fuck
4: you, though, um, Start a rap career. So,
1: yeah, like, we're talking about Cabela's and, like, The Atlantis, the Lost entire video game. That's a licensed shit. Um, oh, man. Eventually, Tony Hawk,
4: which has come back to us in a big way, uh, me and Jacob. <laughs> I have been playing a shit ton of the remake of the Tony Hawk.
2: Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is the reason why I got into, like, heavy music. Like, yeah, You've be- not played the remake, have you? No, I mean, it It's do.
0: terrific. You really ought to. Yeah. It, for okay, I just need the new skate game.
4: There's a new skate game. I think they announced it. Yeah.
0: There's yeah, a, uh, we'll There's
4: skate
2: also Skater, X- the Skater XL. Skater XL is really big.
4: Fuck Tony Hawk
1: on the PC. Um, I'm sorry. What were you just saying? <laughs> anyway. Oh okay. yeah the 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 modded like uh, Underground 2 is that what you're talking about?
2: No, I mean, the first time I ever played Underground 2 was on PlayStation 1.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, so I just didn't hear what you said. No,
2: that was, like, the reason why I got into, like, heavy music. Mm. Legitimately, that's the first time I heard the, like, ACDC and the Ramones and, like, that. that you know,
4: you know what got me into heavy music? ATV Unleashed. Yes.
2: ATV Offroad Fury 2. A- wh- 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 first time I heard which, Alice in Chains, wh- Primus. Which
4: ATV had, uh... Godsmack. It was like headstrong by trap. Um, that was. I, I get that's not a great example. I, 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 know, I know, I, I know. Song, I that's the one. I think it's off road. I think it's like TV off road. Yeah,
2: two off road fury two had a killer soundtrack.
0: Face down in
2: the- so, oh, so yeah, like I
1: could cool. not tell any of these games. Apart. Had a,
2: Jerry was a race car driver was on yeah. that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, them bones was on that soundtrack. Oh, like them yeah. bones, yeah. Like that's not even yeah.
1: like the main Alice and Shane song. That's uh, that's a good cut.
2: I love this. Was That's was a great on, song. Like, it was on Guitar Hero. It was yeah, it was on guitar. guitar Hero. Yeah, it was yeah. On guitar, hero. Yeah. guitar
4: Hero turned me on to a lot of music, especially oh, Guitar Hero yeah. three.
2: I was already like on that tangent when Guitar Hero came out. Yeah,
3: because
4: yeah. I remember like, well, that, that may not be completely accurate. Because I remember like when I was in kindergarten, my dad used to like take me to school every day, and we'd either listen to like the first Linkin Park album. Uh, Your dad has and, the yeah. most
2: eclectic taste You're right In
4: music of any But we would
2: Any southern man has any right to be And especially as proper a southern man as he is
4: We would go back and forth Between like that first Linkin Park album And then one day we'd listen to Whatever Chili Pepper album Yeah You know that he just had in his truck And then we'd you know One day we'd be listening to like some Uh How was it James, James Johnson Uh James Taylor No I mean Jamie Johnston No bubbly toes uh
2: jamie johnson early no it's not It's, it's not, something john J- it's, it's fuck cares? janice
1: Joplin. No no, no 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 um
2: jim johnson <laughs> the banana pancakes guy yeah right? banana pancakes guy so, somebody in the fucking audience will say <laughs> it's, something it's, it's james johnson it's, it's something yeah. like, so it's, it's a jj name yeah, yeah.
4: help us out uh, but yeah you know that was one day but anyway the, the, the point i was trying to arrive at is like Probably listening to that Linkin Park album and, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers is what turned me on to that. And then, you know, come, like, third or fourth grade, when, like, it's, at least for me, like, that's when it seemed like I started, like, forming my own opinions and, yeah. you know, like, getting into things, you know, that, yeah. I, you know, I really seem to, you know, have a feelings for. Uh, I started, like, going through, like, all of, like of my dad's CDs and, like... And that's a range, like you know, we're talking like Hank Williams Senior. No, I I know. To you know, <laughs> I've been through that CD collection. The old diamond to Eminem's Curtain Call.
2: To like Houdini is somewhere hidden in there. Uh,
4: yeah, probably uh, Jimmy Buffett. My, my yeah, dad's a really big Jimmy Buffett head. Like, that's right. But like, it's it's very strange. But it's crazy because like you'll you'll have you know, like all of these, and then like you'll randomly find like that solo project Eddie Vedder did in the early 2000s is in there. You know?
2: so, so for all you, like, you know, Southern people out there listening to this, Jake Jake's dad is, like, a Guy Harvey shirt, blue-collared, uh, you know... HVAC man. Yeah, he's an HVAC technician, and, like, you know, self-employed guy, And but, like, just this wide breadth of music that
1: was, like, yeah, so like
2: fucking retarded. Didn't he have, like, a
1: Wu-Tang record laying around? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. He had a... Uh,
4: I remember that
1: throwing me off because he didn't seem like the
4: type.
2: I, it's fucking weird. Yeah, man. it's crazy. Yeah. But, like, he I got, heard... He uh, got
4: crazy... Like, when the, when the song Crazy by Narls Barkley came out, mm-hmm. that made me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, how many times did I hear that song?
2: My, um, mama Motherlode got me into... Mm-hmm. Like, who said, her favorite bands of all time are Def Leppard and mm-hmm. Molly Crue. Mm-hmm. And... Oh yeah, that, But, I, I mean, that. look at my mama. That's not... Yeah. I love your
4: mama <laughs> to death, but that but does not seem her.
2: Yeah, like... We're not we're not cranking out. Yet. I remember uh, for Mother's Day one year, me and Keelan went to the flea market and bought her. Keelan's my little brother. For anybody listening, I don't think I've ever mentioned that before. But we bought her uh, "Shout at the Devil," yeah. which is a black record with a black pentagram. on it. Yeah. and gave that to my mom. Yeah, and look at my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love
4: your mom. That Are and you, she I loved see it. See your mom while you're in town.
2: Well, we, we will. We will. She's coming to the wedding. Is she really? Okay. Yeah. Good.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. She better.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm officiating that
1: motherfucker. Yeah, I get that with my mom sometimes, too. Like, she'll really throw me off with uh, some of, the, like, the shit that she listened to. Like, like you know, like, she's a fan of Portishead, which really surprised me. I was like, you know, you just, you don't seem that cool. You mom. know a band my what mom's really
4: fond of that you wouldn't expect? Who's that? Meatloaf. I love Meatloaf, man. I, I'm not saying anything bad against, you know, about Meatloaf, but I just, I wouldn't expect that from my mother. He was fine in Fight Club. Meatloaf is like, so he's one of those
2: characters like Molly Hatchett, where his album covers defy his music. Like, you look at Bad Out of Hell, and you're thinking like Dio, right? Yeah. Like, and it's, you know. Will you love that? it. Will you love it forever. Do you need like to like <laughs> sleep
4: on it? Yeah, like that baby, kind of shit. Baby. It's like rock
2: and it's like opera, rock and roll yeah. kind of shit, uh, which is, is dope. That, ain't that like a, that's like a ten, twelve minute long song? I don't know if it's that long, but it's definitely a, it's a it's, it's very, it's very it, long. It's an operatic piece. It's yeah. very much like you know segmented into pieces that tell a story. It's not like this, uh, verse chorus, verse chorus. Bridge solo bullshit, you know that you get in
1: a lot of yeah. stuff. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like that's not what Meatloaf did. I very much enjoy those sorts of contrasts. Yeah, like uh, I think during Faith No More's comeback, like they basically for all their live shows and promotional pictures, they just dressed like a gospel group.
4: They were like a the white, just white, you know, baggy yeah, shirts. It's, and it's, five, it's five minutes and nine seconds long. Yes, yeah, I, I was way overstating nah. that.
2: It's all good. It, just, it feels like that long song. It it definitely feels like a ride when you listen to yeah. it. But, um, yeah, faith Faith and no War is another band like that. Yeah, yeah.
4: And yeah faith, see, Faith No War is a band that like I didn't really get into or know much besides you know just the one. Yeah, that I, mean, I, know. F- I mean,
2: you hear the name Faith No War and that sounds like you know some sort of. Some shit I'm into, like Norwegian, yeah, black metal. Yeah, band. I, I, I did not know much about. Yeah, it sounds them. more, it sounds self serious.
4: Yeah, I, I didn't know much about them until like you know I started hanging out with y'all. Like, y'all y'all turn me on to like bands like them. Yeah, yeah, and like I wouldn't say they're the most like the least self
1: serious band out there, but like in terms of like popular hard rock music, they're definitely up there. Like they, uh, you know, like they had the big, uh, you know, epic was like a huge hit. And you know, the right.
2: was like in hip hop clubs. That's yeah. what like, they were like cross genre with yeah. this. And school. it was a really
1: like weirdly smooth, like, cause like Mike Patton, like, God bless him, is not like a great rapper. What, like, one of the hands down best vocalists possibly in the entire world, but like, rapping isn't his suit. But look
2: but, who he was competing with at the time, right?
1: Like, yeah, exactly. It's 80s style hip hop. And yeah. then also, it was just like the way it was a much more seamless train, like, integration of hip-hop into hard rock music than what we'd get later with new metal because, like, you know, it's just, like, the band, actually, the music really reflected when those, did, you know...
4: When did Epic come out? like 89 or so? Yeah, 88, 89. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. they had...
1: um
2: Who was the original singer, Faith? Uh, Chuck Mosley.
1: That was in the mid-'80s. Yeah, well... Wow. I was it Yeah, so... Yeah, and... The record execs, you know, like they had kind of like their big three, you know, because hair metal was dying, you know, as legend has it, and you know, Nirvana ended up being the huge breakout there, but like the three bands they were eyeing, yeah, were Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Faith No More, and you know, because like they both had these, they all had these great breakout albums, and they're like, holy shit, like this is the new thing, because they're all very unique, they're completely new, and they're all unique alternative rock, and. Faith in More, like while Nirvana and Pearl Jam both parlayed that into extremely great success, Faith in More just goes out and puts out a, the weirdest ass album. Yeah. <laughs> immediately after that, that like it just guarantees like that they're not going to be a huge commercial success, like they were. People were hoping they might be, and it's earned them a very loyal and large fan base. But it definitely wasn't like they actively like rejected becoming a huge popular yeah. band.
4: Because like, they know, wanted to do other shit. I
2: would put GNR and well, Promise wasn't like a huge commercial success.
4: I, that's what I'm saying. Like they very easily could, could have been though, but they chose just to put their talent. They, yeah, like but yeah. they chose to do something more unique and yeah. you know more just like, what Les, they were wanting to I, do. Les Claypool can write a mean hook, obviously. Oh I my mean, god, yeah. Like Les Claypool's like I one really do think
2: I think Guns and Roses. Uh, Like, outside of the grunge stuff was the nail in the coffin of, like, hair metal, like, traditional 80s hair metal. Yeah. I mean... Like, because they were, they were, like, still, like, you know, that kind of sleazy, you know, they had big hair and all that kind of shit, but they
1: sounded more... I don't know the word to put it in. It was, they had teeth? Maybe? I'm not...
2: Yeah, like, I don't know. They just had some kind of... They different had grit line.
1: to it, you know? I'm, like I'm not, a, like...
2: I'm not singing the praises of GNR. Like, I'm not a GNR <laughs> fucking guy. I'm just saying, like, I think they...
1: either. I can like, respect, like, their role and, like, their yeah, level of talent. Because they
2: came from, you know, like, L.A. Guns and... Uh, yeah. What well, was Axl <laughs> Rose's band or whatever <laughs> the fuck? And they just transitioned into the 90s, you know, mm-hmm. with... Seamlessly. Yeah. And and, and I mean like one relevant album, everything else they put out was fucking garbage as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Like one uh, appetite for destruction destruction. is a top to bottom fucking great album. And people can argue for the spaghetti incident all they want and that's fine. I don't don't really care. You're not
1: repping on Use Your Illusion?
2: Uh, whatever. Like it, I
1: don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you what songs I'm
2: are sure there's long. GNR fans out I'm there. I'm sure like, Welcome to
1: the Jungle is on Appetite for Destruction. Everything else is a mystery.
2: Yeah, Sweet Child of Mine. All, you know,
4: Paradise City. Is
1: all cool. those big songs are all on Appetite for Destruction? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, wow. did
4: mean, other stuff, like Sweet, Civil War. Sweet World Child of I can wrong. do without. It's like Boston. Like, every popular Boston song yeah. came off Boston's first album. And and,
2: well, they're all in the same fucking key, and they're the same song with different lyrics, basically. That's more like,
4: or less true for program too. Yeah. They've they had other Boston popular songs. Jam, so. I, I'm not. I'm not saying, saying any better, man. Man. You're, you're talking, you're talking about like AC/DC, AC/DC. is the same. Like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're having a we're
2: style. having a discussion about a transition in musical history, not about like yeah our opinion on their music. Yeah, I'm
4: yeah.
1: not. I'm, yeah, yeah. ac uh, is definitely kind of that way. But even then, like they still have other records in Back in Black that you know, there's Highway to Hell. There's some of the records with that first guy. Uh, Bon Scott. Bon Scott. Yeah, like, you know, like, like, they've had they were those were some pretty seriously huge hits
4: too. ACDC. Like they're putting on a new album soon. Had not a, a yeah.
2: transitionary period, you know, when Bon Scott died, like because they mm-hmm. were pretty straight rock and roll, and all great, you know. With you know, it's 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 like the Beatles. Like, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the Beatles, and people are like, why wow, how could you not like the Beatles?" I'm like, because they sound like everything that comes after them. It's not like I hate the Beatles. It's like. They sound like every other band because every other band tried to sound like Beatles. Yeah. So,
1: something I will say about the Beatles, uh, without actually knowing for sure, I have gotten some, like, accounts, like, that I haven't, like, you know, that if you go deep into their discography, it gets a lot more weird and experimental than one might think. Uh, I personally haven't really dived into that much. I listened to the first Lennon solo record, and I thought it was shockingly good. Which, I don't know, like, that shouldn't be, say, shocking, because he's obviously, like, a legend, but, but you know, yeah. snobby yeah. teenage me, you know, kind of just like, oh, I don't like the Beatles, and then going through time, <laughs> like, I didn't really think much of, like, any of them individually, yeah. and yeah, that was the would have turned 80, like, two weeks ago, or uh-huh. not, not that long ago. Yeah, dude's kind of a fucking maniac, <laughs> yeah. but, like, he, uh, like, yeah, like, that, uh, Plastic Ono record, uh, was sixty nine, sixty eight, and it sounds really, like, for how raw it is, it's very ahead of its time. Like, it's a very raw, gritty album that's, like, this dude, like, really expressing himself in a way that I don't really associate from a lot of music from that era. Yeah. You know, like, working class hero, just, like, you know, basically calling his own audience fucking peasants for, you know, taking part in the system of all of it who are, that they're claiming they're, you know, enlightened and shit. And I was like, wow, it's like, pretty intense for 1969 and so like that kind of caught my attention and then I was like started rethinking some of my opinions of the Beatles without actually caring enough to really go and explore it but I just want to yeah, throw that out there for them you know it's not always like the Rolling Stones who are I think a pretty just straight through like you know what you're getting with those guys.
2: You know, the Beatles had, like, a transformative...
1: Yeah. Uh, ...quality.
2: Basically, I mean, as legend has it... Yeah. ...they met Bob Dylan, and then they started smoking pot, and mm-hmm. then, you know, and it evolved from, like, this kind of, you know, what we now know as traditional, like, 60s, oldies rock, you know, uh... Being, yeah. ...let me hold your hand... And like they get Dewey a, Cox hooked. Uh, yeah. You know, according to the legend of the great... Cox. Dewey Cox. But... <laughs> I watched them movie, like, two months ago. The, the Beatles you know, had that psychedelic trans- Yeah. period where they got, you know, like, the, the stark difference between Let Me Hold Your Hand and uh, Strawberry Feels Forever is like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. But, regardless, like, they defined all music for three yeah. to five decades after that. Yeah, yeah,
4: If, your your opinion of you know what they did aside that like you you can't say that they are the oh. most influential band. They're, uh, no, they're up there. I'll yeah.
2: never argue. Yeah, you know, they I'd importance. say the impact. Yeah. I, yeah, I just they're massive. I'm not even gonna argue that, like their talent or anything. I'm just, the only thing I have against the Beatles is that I just don't like to listen to
4: them as much. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, I don't either. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I don't like. Yeah, I don't hate any of it, Uh but like, yeah, I don't like. I'm, I, if, if you know, if I'm riding a car and you know it's on the radio, I'm yeah. not necessarily going to change it, but I'm not going to crank it.
1: Depends on the song.
4: I might, but not even because of them. Just because like, I, I just don't like listening to the radio. So, okay. <laughs> like, like, I like. I guess to I listen I'm, to. Yeah, not many people. Say, like, I, I still listen to the radio. Nine times
1: out of ten. I, I like the idea of the radio. I just don't like the radio. Like, And to be fair, the internet has changed that a lot. And Living in Seattle has also changed that. KXP is the yeah. shit. Uh, they're
4: one, they're one, almost one, a little too eclectic for their own good sometimes. But that's one, a good thing. One, 107.7 The N like, is a radio channel in Seattle. You mentioned um, them before, yeah. Very fond of. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I really appreciate the commitment to
1: exploring is like that's what I really like about like I think that's what radio should be for is elevating Shit that you might not have heard otherwise. That's not mm-hmm. yeah, like, It's not, absolutely. Right. But like, let's let's see, like
0: complete opposites, I mean, six same songs yeah. every day. let'll see that
4: like one oh seven seven, at least again, this is just it's one the example. Like, yeah. they, they play a lot of stuff like I mean it's where I get all my new music from. Like when I come home and I like show you a song, you yeah, know, and I'm like, Hey I you know, I heard this day I, you know I yeah, really I it. it really gets me hype. Like you heard it on that. it's because I heard it on, you know, that yeah. that radio channel or a radio channel.
2: You where, are the last and final generation of people who will be
1: able to see you, that you're probably right. I mean, because I don't want to say people in general, a lot of people, but a- like,
2: in America, I think.
1: I mean, I think like even with especially with the internet now, like I don't want to underestimate. You know, there are plenty of nerdy, less you know, plugged in to okay, you well, know all we that have, kids. Well, we have an example like, like
4: You yeah. are you are just a couple years younger than us. Yeah. Like not. Like, how often do you actually listen to the radio? Rarely. I see, you know, like, and yeah. y'all don't listen to the radio hardly often. It's, it's it The only. If I mean, you're talking about FM radio, I guess what it comes down the to. The only yeah.
2: terrestrial radio station I ever, I mean, ever listen to, and I live in Tucson, so it's 97.5 The Vibe, and that's just strictly like old school hip hop. Yeah. yeah. So, which is, you know, that's a whole different part mm. of me, but I do enjoy that channel because they <laughs> play songs all day, but. There's nothing exciting going on, you know?
1: Exactly. And the excitement is what gets me is the, like, because with KXP, like, I can, I could pull out my phone and I could probably name, like, ten different bands who's, like, who I am, like, extremely into that I absolutely, 100% never would have heard of without, like, hearing them on that, because, like, they're just, like, uh, Lie here I just saw, a fantastic punk band from Vancouver. Uh, if I went on their Spotify, you know, I'd probably see something like 10,000 plays per month tops. Like, I don't want to shit talk them. Like, I just, they're not, you know.
2: Yeah. The, the they're very underground. Like, new artist that I heard on the radio. What, like, and I was like, oh, okay, that's going in my catalog. Yeah. Was Hurricane Season by Trumbull and Shorty on 92 The Zoo in Mobile. <laughs> see,
4: 92 The Zoo in Mobile, I love that And that, that was
2: channel. in two thousand.
4: Yeah, 14, like, on, 15 On my drive down here from Seattle, like as soon as I got into the southern third of Mississippi, I was trying to like you know pick up ninety two the zoo. Like I like if, it, if there's anybody that knows ninety two point one the zoo in Mobile, like yeah, I, good on you for knowing what that is. Like okay. that's I first heard uh, Billy Strings on KXP. I
2: I think I heard uh, Trembling Temple through Dylan. So yeah, that's that's
1: after I'd heard him on KXP. Like I said, like, immediately
4: found that. In like Billy Strings is huge, like in the bluegrass. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Billy Strings. A coworker of mine sent me another guy that's in that field. But like, I'll uh, up real quick. oh yeah. I, remember, I mean, speaking I
2: about. speaking for an advocate of the medium in which we currently speak.
4: Yeah. Um.
2: Like podcasting is yeah. definitely a thing.
1: It is uh, internet
2: radio. Now. No, I mean I'm just talking about like um, in terms of like what Shoulders. what people listen to. What will take over for terrestrial radio? Because
1: it seems to be Pandora.
2: This is like uh, I to say it. Did you guys ever see the film? <laughs> I think Pandora. Fu- Speaking as podcaster for yeah. podcasting, I don't know anything about music in yeah. terms, but Pandora fucking blows.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm being negative. I don't, I
2: don't know. Okay. Pandora he sucks.
4: To... Yeah. Pan- I, like. Pandora... It seems to be very popular with was somebody. ...bought by, like,
2: Amp, I want to say.
4: Like, I, I know more people that use Amazon Music than I know Pandora. The, the people uh, who use uh, Amazon Music is, like, two, and I think they're both in this room. I love Amp... Like, I... My, I don't use Amazon Music. Uh, I think My, Amazon, My, maybe, like, so. It was yeah, free
2: like, with Prime, but mm-hmm.
4: like it it's fixed. exactly, and, and that's why I went with it because I don't have to pay for Spotify. I don't have nothing against Spotify. Yeah, I just I I've, I started using Amazon Music, and I just I'm not going to go back anything else. Huh? I I mean I use Spotify. Um, I I use Spotify because they are. I'm sorry. I, I'm actually, wrong. I do use uh, Google Music or no, Google play music. Play, <laughs> Google Play. It's I, going I use, away. It's that's basically. way left field. Oh, is it really? I, I, know like, I, I, I use no it way. for all of my podcasts listening. I just think it has an easier interface. That so, makes sense. I mean, my shit's on Google Play.
2: I think the only reputable podcast plate, like you know, directories that I'm not on, yeah, are SoundCloud because in order to use SoundCloud, you have to. But, so SoundCloud is not a directory. SoundCloud is a platform, so yeah. you have mm-hmm. to like originate from SoundCloud to be on SoundCloud. We do have a SoundCloud like page for the show, but it's long the first three episodes, because I refuse to just have to upload it to a whole separate feed. To oh, I see what you're saying. Um So that's one. Like, if you can find the show through SoundCloud, but you're not going to get so the show a lot of these through.
1: websites are like aggregators of um, of podcasts that have. So you don't actually have to upload it to that service. You just you upload it to something and then like these websites yeah, show so them show it to people.
2: Anybody curious about what we're talking about right now, head on over to in the com forward slash support. <laughs> <laughs> and no, uh, no, seriously, there, there's a link to bus on there, but I, I use bus Um, I'm not product plugging, but I legitimately, that's, really what, that's what you <laughs> use. Uh, this, I legitimately use bus <laughs> yeah. because, um, you can do this yourself. Like anybody can just take their RSS feed from whatever website that they post their show RSS. On. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I still don't comprehend that. Um, so you can take your RSS feed and give it to wherever platform you want. Buzzsprout just makes it super easy to. Uh, so like they'll they'll bring up every single directory that there is, you know, or that they have a, an affiliation with. So that's iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all that kind of shit. And it's just as simple. It's literally just as simple as like click on a button and see the directions do these things, upload it here, and then we'll just feed your RSS out to mm-hmm. them. And it's like, I think, $18 a month for my show. Each, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all, you know, Amazon Music. Um, Amazon's like in the process of rolling out like an actual podcast platform right now, from what I understand. But... That'd be great. I mean, of course. But <laughs> I, don't get, I don't give a fuck as long as people hear it. Like, I upload, basically I upload to YouTube and I upload to Busbrow, and that's it. But the only two things that I'm not on, that I'm aware of, is Pandora. Yeah. Which, is because, strictly because, and I mean, like, if anyone from fucking Pandora ever hears this, because, when they got bought out by AMP, or, excuse me if I'm misspeaking here, but their, their website is through AMP. Yeah. And, it sucks donkey Am- dicks. Are you talking about the Google thing? A-M-P, whatever it's called. I'm gonna lift this up. Yeah, I mean, here. please, I I'm don't know do a lot of research. It, they, uh, their website is impossible yeah. to navigate. It's like, I get an email that says, like, you've been approved, but when I go to their site, like, I, I don't see it on there and I can't find it on their platform. Um, so that's a huge fucking reason why I'm not gonna be on
1: Pandora. Oh, yeah, this AMP shit seems, a uh, fucking...
2: Yeah. Like, like just fuck?
1: transparently greedy as fuck. Yeah, and... Like grow your audience, so, powerful insights about your audience to get your music in front of more fans. So I don't, yeah.
2: don't want to like, first of all, I don't even want to be involved in that kind of shit. Like no. on one hand, I want to be available however I possibly can. And on the other hand, I, I don't want to do business with the, that kind of a company. Like you just said. Yeah. And also it's just impossible to fucking navigate. It's so like bloated. That's the same reason why you brought up Amazon music earlier, Jacob. I deleted Amazon music and got off of that platform because, uh, it's fine on your phone, it's not so bad, mm-hmm. but on your PC, it's like. <clears throat> oh, Amazon Music sucks dick. It on is PC. the most bloated.
1: It's
4: actually my phone. I, I literally. I, I probably spend, like, in total, an hour and a half on, on my laptop a month. I would be trying to play
2: Quake and. Amazon music would be, it's like an automatic background what application.
4: It's one of those things you have to download cheap if, proprietary software. If, if I'm on my laptop, like not if I'm you know, like actually having to spend some time on my laptop and mm. I want music, I'm probably just going to go to YouTube.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I'm not a fan of YouTube for music. Um,
2: I, yeah, I don't like ads and I'm
1: not paying for a YouTube premium or what? whatever the fuck. I, for me, just like the, the compression and shit too. But I know that's, I'm a the minority there.
2: It's not such a big deal for podcasting because. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But definitely for music. For music, good.
1: yeah. That's like, I, like on the podcast thing, you know, you talk about these different methods of, you know, of how people use them. Like my example there would be like, I, mean, I listen to one podcast and, or I guess, you know, a series of podcasts by the same people, but it's on a subscription, it's behind a, you know, subscription on their own website. So, you know, I'm not really going to any other place yep. to listen to that. And the other one would be like a BBC docu- or, you know uh, podcast on like German history.
2: Show so, uh, out like which uh, is on BBC's
1: website as David, well. M- David Meltzer, uh, David, yeah, Dave, we're Wrestling Observer uh, slash Figure Four Online for anyone who wants to go and listen to that. Like if you already if you're a fan of wrestling, you probably already know about them. But uh, but yeah, they uh, crank out a shitload of content, and he's yeah,
2: he is not though. I don't know if it's even audible on the microphone, but Tristan is snoring up a
4: storm in the room. <laughs>
2: hey, it's,
4: it's like a grizzly bear. Yeah,
2: um, you talk about Dave Meltzer.
4: Oh
1: yeah, just yeah, like and Brian Alvarez especially. I want to get him because he's like you know the person who actually handles the audio. But yeah, that is, they just crank out so many shows every week, and it's kind of become like more and more of a ritual for me. Like I'll even throw it on when I'm think they're talking about something I don't care about, and just because like I enjoy listening to the banter. Yeah, I think that's a. Yeah. Like, you
2: have a personal connection
1: with them. Exactly. Like, it's come to the point. Like, I just realized, like, I think, like, I looked at, like, my account and I was, like, I started subscribing to that and I've canceled a few times for money reasons. But, like, since 2015, so it's like five years, and, like, they've been a regular part of, like, you know, whether I'm on my break at work at Walmart several years ago or more recently just when I'm driving to work or just a thing when I wake up or when I actually finish watching a wrestling show that's like, you know, a thing that like, I kind of go out of my way to do. Yeah. But in general, I guess like I'm an outlier and not really useful in trying to take this sort of small sample poll for uh, podcast audiences. Cause I'm just not really a part of it.
2: Now there's like, <laughs> like a, that's it. A lot of different ways. As you said, like there's different ways that people kind of like enter the medium mm-hmm. and there's different ways that people approach it, the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, so in their case, like they, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez already had an yes. audience, you know, that were reading, you know, the Wrestling Observer and that kind of shit. Yeah, uh, in general, um, so it make it, they put it up behind a subscription wall.
1: Yeah, and they've been doing like, and it's been around. I think a lot longer than podcasting has been a very popular thing. So that's probably a big part of it. Is just like it, it's already set up there. Yeah. and I want to say like it is some of it is like all the free shit is like available on RSS. I want to say, and they have started, they've actually started uploading like clips of you know different segments to youtube and shit like that like only enough to like you know kind of work as an advertisement functionally <laughs> but uh you know but still like you know like it's actually you know they're kind of getting with the times in that respect but yeah i think that's a big part of it too is just how long it's been around like it's just, it's the format that's existed for a very long time
2: Daniele Bellelli, uh who does history on fire podcast yeah he also does the Drunken Taoist I believe that is totally free but History on Fire he's like he's like a historian so he just does like you know monologue historical uh, storytelling kind of stuff but he put his shit on some platform and a lot of people do that Like I think Russell Brand also did it they put it behind a paywall to you know subscription service and then like they'll do a certain amount of like you know free and open upload to everywhere RSS kind of style Mm -hmm. shit um like quarterly just to be as an advertisement to the rest of their product. But I feel like that only works if you already have a, an established audience. Absolutely. There's there's no way I would would not. Yeah.
1: Like what you said is absolutely true. Like Um, that, like they are one of like, at least I'm aware of. They're the only people I'm personally aware of that, that I can see getting away with that in my pers, Like the thing, like, you know, if I mentioned my dad that like, like it's like, he knows who they are. But like you know, because he spends way like his only thing right now, is just being on the internet. So, but but yeah, like if I you know like whenever I mention like you know that I actually pay for their service, it's just like, like wow, like, it's that's weird. Um,
2: like <laughs> well, podcasting is because of people like you know Rogan and a lot of you know yeah. just in general, it's something that people expect to receive for free. So yeah. then it becomes de- you know dependent on the advertisement model. Either because it's on YouTube or because they do actual ads within the show.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, so, like, a, a good example is uh, Sam Harris does his show. Mm-hmm. And I, I have very mixed feelings about the way he does it. But he he refuses to do ads because he hates the advertisement model all the way around. Just, and, and I don't disagree with them necessarily mm-hmm. in terms of, like, um, why am I selling you underwear or, you know, toothbrushes or, or whatever the fuck ever kind of shit. You know, when you're tuning in to hear about, you know, in, in Sam yeah. Harris's case, like philosophy and politics mm-hmm. and that kind of shit, and that's all fine and dandy. But his show, he'll he'll release it, and he'll only release like a partial version of it to everyone. So it's like, it, you know, after 45 minutes or an hour, it just fades mm-hmm. out into nothingness. And he's like, you're subscribed to only the you know the free feed. If you yeah, want to be on the subscriber feed. It costs you know exactly. this much money, but it's a teaser. No, but here's the thing, and this is why I think he like this is the genius of it, but yeah. also like the part that I like, ugh, it, yeah. it grinds my gears is that he he will if you write him and say I can't afford to <laughs> give a dollar a month, yeah, for the show, he will literally approve anybody. Like, is like we will not let money be the reason why you don't get the full content.
3: But you just have to tell us that you can't yeah. afford it. Yeah, that's dope.
2: I mean, it's baller.
3: I I like, I I see like where there might be like some sort of like you don't. I
1: love the idea of like you'll a lot of people paying for it while other people are like or probably just going to get it for free even though like I imagine like the amount of people listening to his podcast who can't afford a dollar a month is probably pretty small. Like I'm just yeah. being realistic here. I mean, that's that's like a first world problem thing, <laughs> but and you know, in, in the first world, you know, a dollar a month just is not much at all. But, like, I definitely dig that a lot, you know, like, especially like if what he gives you is like you know, some, something of substance you know, like, some meat from the podcast instead of just being like total fluff.
2: Yeah, no, but, it's, like you get like a full 45 minutes, you
1: know. To give the, uh, the flip side to this uh, subscription service thing, I also just want to illustrate how prolific these guys are, or, I guess again, like, I'm going to give Brian Alvarez most of the credit here. There are some like, I think he's got a couple of people who do, like, other shows without him. but he's in, like, almost all of these. And, like, I see September 2020, there were uh, the Archive 81 shows, 84 in August. And it's just, like, a clip. They basically kind of keep going. Uh, 106 in March 2019. So, like, that's... That works out like two or three podcasts a day. I don't even know how that works. Like I don't listen to them that frequently,
2: but yeah, they probably they probably record them in bulk and then release them over time, unless they're literally just so no, like they're they're and,
1: separate shows with different people. Yeah,
2: if, unless they're just like, sitting in a room all day recording podcasts. So yeah, just...
1: and it's and like say just to give you an idea, like you know, like they do like uh, Observer Radio is Brian and Dave Meltzer most of the time. Recently, they've had some other dude uh, with Dave who I don't want to slight. I think. I don't. Know, I don't even guess what the name is. Uh, but yeah, then like you know, on Fridays, Sundays, and Wednesdays, you got the Brian and Vinny show with uh, his longtime friend and co-host Vinny. It's just a less news-based program and more just you know fun recapping. Like they, you know, they'd go through like the entire like Monday Night Wars, for example. Like right now, they're working their way through Saturday uh, Saturday Night's main event and. Like the invasion era, which is a lot of fun because there's a lot of things to shit on in the invasion era and Saturday, night, uh, Saturday night's main event for that matter. But from there, there's just, you know, like they used to do an after dark, which is actually not wrestling related, more like paranormal shit, which I guess interests him. And so, like, yeah, like this is like a variety of shows usually done remotely with people when, you know, that, you know, like different cast members, so to speak, uh, or co hosts. And sometimes, you know, guests, like special shows with guests as well. You know, like I know Moxley's been on there and, you know, Darby on did one while back. I don't listen to most of those, but it's guys like that. I will. But yeah. So yeah, I struggle. And also like with that subscription, it's like not, not just for that. Like there's also like access to, you know, the observer newsletter, which if you're, anyone isn't familiar with, that is literally like a novel's worth of, writing every week that this Dave Meltzer does on every little thing that's happening in the industry and it's absolutely insane that of pro wrestling of pro wrestling, yes, in the pro wrestling industry I should specify uh, but yeah, this is a wrestling-based service, I mean, there's some MMA too, but mostly wrestling, and yeah, like it's, like, I don't want to like, I feel like they are the definitely the exception to the rule there when it comes to a paywall because yeah, there's a profound amount of content and again an established history and fan base already in place because you know like i don't like say joe rogan for example i don't know how much audio he releases i'm guessing it's not daily
2: it's like Like monday through friday or literally like Joe joe rogan's release period is pretty sporadic Okay. Because you know, a lot of podcasters will release things like, okay, every, you know, for me, every Tuesday I'm going to mm-hmm. put out a podcast. It's basically my promise. Especially like, when he's got something. Um, for him, it's like he records like three hours worth of interview mm-hmm. whenever the fuck he feels like it, which is yeah. usually Monday through Friday. You can, you can almost guarantee like three a month, or sorry, three a week. Okay. And, and that you know that whatever and and come whatever may. like some weeks he won't release anything some weeks he'll like pre-record them like whatever he just constantly constantly puts out content yeah so it's like impossible to not Mm -hmm. see it definitely most indie podcasters especially people with jobs like can't yeah do that yeah he can't commit to that level um yeah he, he definitely puts out a shitload of content but Man. it's not, you know, it's, it's totally, completely, until next year, because right? it's all going to Spotify.
1: Yeah, I heard about that.
2: He's going, like, There's Spotify a exclusive. Over that. But, uh, $100 million?
1: I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I was rich as Joe Rogan was, I'd probably do whatever the fuck I wanted. You know, like, I don't think I'd be worried too much about making more. But I, yeah. I just appreciate that I'm an outlier, at least in terms of Americans, in that way. Like, that's... You know, like I've been selling a lot of my records on discogs, uh, you know, because I, I can't really move overseas with them, or I should, like, it'd be just more of a pain in the ass than I care to have. And so, you know, like, like, so some of these, like, someone will make an offer. I was like, that's an option you can make something available to offer, like, say, for example, the Django Unchained record, uh, with the white blood splatter on it, or the white and red blood splatter, uh, you know, I did like 40, 45 bucks for that. And that was like when that movie had just come out and it's still in really good condition. And I think like, you know, I listed it for 55, which was like lower than almost anything else. Uh, dude made me an offer for like 25 or so. And I declined it first. And he, uh, and I, you know, I sent him a message because I felt bad declining it. But I was like, that's just, you know, that's so much lower. I don't think I can do that. And I tried to like negotiate with him a little bit. And he's just like, uh you know, and, and you know, he had like a story about, you know, him and his wife, you know, are uh you know, strapped for money right now, so it's the only reason they're doing that. They might just get the black version that's regular for twenty. And, you know, and he said, like, I could probably justify doing like thirty or thirty five or so, but otherwise I'll just get this black version. And I'm like, Yeah, fuck it, just take it for twenty. Like, I, I don't care that much, you know, like if someone gets a record and then like they're not happy with the condition of it, I'm just gonna tell them to keep it and refund them, like I am a like I will probably never be rich for this reason, but like I don't care to be. Like if I get into a position where I make enough money to be rich, I intend to like not necessarily just hang on to all of that because it's just not how I'm. I'm not a hoarder by nature, I guess. So with respect to that, like that's I just want to hold tangent there because the Joe Rogan thing. But good for him though. Like a hundred million dollars is a lot of money. Like I assume he might have a family or something that he wants yeah. to support.
2: Um, I know that's, it's like a stark difference between you and I is that, um, so like the difference between the, the white and black blood spatter, blah, 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 mm-hmm. on the cover of the, you know, yeah. jungle and chainsaw, like means, and I'm not like diminishing the value, oh, dude. it means nothing.
1: To it me. doesn't mean much to me either.
2: It, like, like
1: I want to emphasize, like I bought it when I saw it in the store cause it looked Cool. <laughs> And, like, it's, like, I'm not a collector in that sense. And, like, I know, like, this Discog site is mostly for people who are. So, like, I'm kind of, like, not really selling to people like me for the most part, I imagine. I feel like most people who are just random pick-up records, like, usually go to a record store or, like, eBay. But, but yeah, like, that's, again, like... But, yeah, for this guy, like, yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, like, I don't really know if I want to spend, like, that much, you know, we're just trying to splurge a little bit, we don't want to go crazy, like, I don't know if I want to go that high for, you know, a record, just because the, it, the artwork on it is different, and it was like, I totally respect that, and I was just like, oh, yeah, shit, <laughs> like, he yeah, can, like, can have it, like, you know, it's, it's cool looking, and, like, I think I got 25 or so dollars out of it, so, over the years, so it's like, why not, and that's, uh, and then yeah like that'd be true for any of this stuff even if it's like not rare or whatever just like if somebody's if I got the impression someone really wanted it I'd probably just give it to them
2: like uh I think I was listening to Jamie Josta's show mm-hmm. and he had Doyle from The Misfits on
1: yeah. and
2: they were talking about how like you know The Misfits can release a record just one record mm-hmm. they'll release it in like ten different colors you know, like yellow blue pink purple, oh, yeah. or, you know whatever the fuck and th- 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 you know Good on them. Some fans will legitimately just buy every version of it, and like, you know, and some will be like printed more than others, mm-hmm. and then it'll become like a collector's item. Like I have the you know yellow version of you know, Among Us or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. And on one hand, that's you know good on them
1: mm-hmm.
2: for making their money. On the other hand, it's like that is so fucking
1: stupid. That's very capitalistic.
2: Well, I mean. Right, right onto the band themselves, but like I, I look at the fan who oh,
1: yeah, who buys all of values
2: that, and I question their sanity. Yeah, like, why well, I mean, does that
1: matter? I see, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of that, you know, with uh, you know, Nine Inch Nails, who I'm a massive fan of, and you know, many of those records I own are by them, and the, like a couple of the few that I plan to keep, like, are by them as well. And those are records. I spent a lot of money for. It wasn't necessarily for special editions. It was just like those records in particular were hard to find in any format, right? Mean, not in any format, but you know, any color or anything like that. It's just like the original release, and they got reissued recently, so the value is probably going way down on them because I just bought those. and they, they had been available, and but you see the fans on those websites, and it's just like, you know, it's like I will often go to like fan sites or whatever, uh, you know, message boards to you know. Get news, or at least like see what the discussion is around them. And some of these people will like again more power to them. This is how they want to spend their money. But like every tour poster, like they are trying to collect just every last little thing about this artist, so they can adorn their uh, you know like shrine in their living room to them or whatever. And it's like you know many of these people are normal folk. You know, like they get they're like they have wives and families and shit like this is just their thing you know like they they love this band a whole lot and they love collecting stuff from them and i don't have that spirit at all like and i don't necessarily i'm kind of with you there like i don't understand it i don't want to judge it i know people like collecting is a very popular hobby for a lot of people you know be it a band a specific band or just records in general or action figures you know classic uh pinball machines i don't know uh,
2: just, video game Fucking hey, Fred and
1: uh, Steven. You know, if you
2: guys are listening to this, (laughs) um, people bewilder me with their, you know, fixation on collecting things. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand it. It's it's not a judgment, it's just like I literally don't get why.
1: It's a different mindset.
2: Yeah. Like, why do you have to? I, I was. Who is
1: it? I just don't get anything out of it.
2: Varga uh, Vikernes uh, from Burzum. I'm a, 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 I'm an avid reader of his. I uh-huh. don't appreciate everything he says, especially because he's kind of a uh, contentious fella. <laughs> uh, uh, there's no way to put it. Uh, there's no good way to put it other than like he's definitely very uh, divisive. But in terms of his philosophies on you know like spiritualism and such things uh, coming from like a pagan background I do appreciate his perspective in a lot of ways but one of the things that he talked about was uh, the difference between the eastern philosophies of you know like Buddhism
1: mm-hmm.
2: where they you know reject material
1: Yeah, you, know, you want a possession.
2: you know and then uh, the, the western idea and, and it's not just a uh, like western in terms of like America you know, mm-hmm. ca- you know consumerism that kind of shit but just mm-hmm. Attachment a as a whole. to physical objects and symbols, yeah. and how you know people will gravitate towards certain symbols. And, mm-hmm. and depending on your own philosophy about that, that can mean something to a lot of people. And you know, like this is my grandfather's watching. and we're, we're in World War II and that mm-hmm. kind of thing.
1: And uh, yeah, I don't get that.
2: I, I mean, I get the
1: I, I appreciate like the, the, the sentimental value of something from a grandfather or something like that, but like I don't personally like. I don't have that attachment to yeah. anything.
2: Like the, uh, like the scene of Pulp Fiction where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like that your father wore this in his ass. Like, yeah, that I, there's no object. I want that much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I feel really shitty if like, I found out that like someone went through health, like to make sure I could have this, Object that is functionally useless. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> like
1: like you're just like, uh, like uh, all right. Well, I guess I have you, to keep it just because like it meant so much to you. Like I really yeah, wish yeah. you hadn't done that.
2: But then there's the other side of it. Was like a you know, there's one thing you know, I just want to hold every Misfits record. And it's kind of where we you know, start on this. But yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's there's, there's another thing. Collection. Like, if it was so important to like your ancestors that this particular thing be passed on. Mm-hmm then it becomes like a whole different responsibility.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, even if you didn't necessarily want it. And it's like, cause yeah, like you mean, and it depends a lot on like how you feel about the afterlife. Cause it's like, you know, if you are a more of a, uh, atheistic, you know, uh, mindset towards things, then, you know, if your dad smuggled this pocket watch in his ass for you and then he died and it's yours now, I think wanted anyway you have it, like ultimately, you know, like he's dead, it doesn't really matter. Like you can sell it, <laughs> like you know, like it, like it's, it feels shitty, but like in your heart because you know, like you know, it wasn't what he wanted, but ultimately, like he doesn't matter anymore. But if you do believe in any kind of afterlife, or like in my case, like just don't. Really, I'm not sure. Like I think it's insane to claim that you do. No, uh, like it's in that case, then just well, you know, like, who knows? Maybe he's still out there somewhere, you know, so I guess I have to do it. <laughs> and But also, most of the world is theistic in some sense, and in that sense, like, it makes a lot of sense why that's so common. I think that,
2: uh, like, the we use these terms, uh, afterlife and, like, you know, reincarnation and mm-hmm. things like that, and I think, this is really far-fetched, but I hypothesize but these are all just words that we use uh, in place of explaining multi-generational passage of ideals, right? So like yeah. this idea that you'll be reincarnated into another life, like you physically, well, you're not going to yeah. probably, based on all the evidence we have as far as I know, it's just like, die and then be reborn as a squirrel or whatever. It's like the limitations of language failing us. Yeah. But I think that. You know, if you have children, or if your friends have children, and you pass knowledge on to them, that is you reincarnated in another life, right? Like so, your your ideals and your your intention will be reborn in another generation,
3: yeah,
2: or you know, carried on through another generation. And I, I don't know, like I, I struggle with that. And I talk about it a lot in the video game industry, like it just in, in generally like people. Like I, I mentioned Chuck Jones earlier, like a. Uh, for a guy him, you know, the guy who literally made more, like, uh, sorry, Gordon Freeman, to struggle to find work in the video game industry, is such a glaring example of uh, a lack of value for wisdom. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like, like, well, what do you have to offer? You're not like versed in all the modern tools, or you know, whatever. And he probably yeah. is, but. Uh, <laughs> But like, you know, people like, what is your, what is his value? But it's like, he can teach you so much about just what goes into this industry. Like he's made every mistake there's possible to make. He can tell you what mistakes not to make or what to focus on instead
1: of like wasting your time. It's kind of like, yeah, there's something about the difference between like a good blank and a good teacher. Yeah. You know, like it's a, you know, that ability to. Not only be good at something, but to understand why you're good at something, and understand how to not like how you got there, and all the mistakes that one might make along the way, and that's a uh, a pretty powerful ability. I think a lot of people really underrate because uh, you know, like I don't want to say like I can't do it, but like it's difficult. <laughs> like I could, like I like it's a really tricky thing. Is you know something comes naturally to you. Or even if it's just like you just do it and it doesn't come naturally to you, but you just you know, brute force your way through it without that sort of uh, you know going back and like revisiting like okay like what went wrong here and all that and like that's I'll actually credit and this is kind of silly but like the getting really into the uh, Souls games or not or Bloodborne specifically but like you know from software games and like their philosophy of design. Uh, really I think kind of like almost straightened me out in that sense like it kind of gave me that perspective of just like you know like okay banging my head against the wall doesn't work here I really need to like you know go back assess you know like they are games that really require you to think about how you're attacking something and why that is failing and that's why they are so prohibitively difficult uh because most video games really don't ask that of you and I don't Blame someone for not wanting that because like Ultimately it's more work If I have a really long day at work sometimes I will just like, I'll pass on that and sometimes I won't because like something like Sekiro is like Just so smooth that it's like meditative At a certain point but uh, But yeah Like it's a That ability To assess Your own self and then also Use that information To inform others is A really invaluable thing that I mean, like I see we pay teachers, and granted, many teachers are bad, but that's also probably because we don't pay teachers. (laughs) So, like, it's a self-perpetuating cycle there. Yeah, I just think that
2: it's like a, and you talk about like souls, like those are that's a series of games that has had such a profound influence on so many people. It's like impossible to ignore. Yeah. Um. In terms of what we can take away from that, you know, into the future, is is it just a game, or is it just like a, a philosophy on how you transfer information to people and that level of immersiveness, mm-hmm.
1: like uh, the? I, mean, I definitely think that. Its influence is like felt in a lot more ways than are obvious. Like you know, like yeah. like you know, like ignoring stuff like Neo or uh, was that Remnant from Ashes or whatever. Uh, like you know, like Souls Clones, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I don't want to diminish, like say Neo. I know it's like supposed to be a good game, but like, but you know, like there's just an obvious influence there. It's like this borrowed heavily from this other game. Well, I mean, it's like a the point or game
2: Souls like it is a name of the genre. Yeah. Yes. Uh, ca- like, uh, Metroidvania is the name of the genre. Yes,
1: or uh, do you know where a Rogue-like originated? From Rogue? Rogue? See, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, I assumed as much, but I've never heard of Rogue on its own. So um, heard of Rogue Warrior, but that is not the same thing. I mean, it
2: wasn't until <laughs> it, probably the mid-2000s when people really started saying the, the term first-person shooter because for a long time that meant Doom. the, the yeah, word doom. was Doom clone. Yeah. Doom clone was first yeah, person. Triggered. That's
1: some interesting bit of history there. Cause like yeah. that makes all the sense in the world, but that wasn't involved back then.
2: Yeah. It's very
1: strange. Uh, and eventually, you know, who knows, maybe there'll eventually be a souls like genre title of its own. It won't just be souls like. Oh, if big. you go
2: on like, uh, see. I think this is a difference between like the PC and, you know, like console audience, but like, yeah, you go on itch.io, which is, mm-hmm. like, the market for indie developers. That's the,
1: uh, they did that crazy-ass bundle recently, didn't they, for, uh... Yeah, uh, the
2: racial justice bundle. Yeah. It's a great value. Yeah, it's, like, it's it. like,
1: yeah, it was like a thousand games or something.
2: I mean, regardless of how you feel politically, that was a fantastic bundle of bucks.
1: Yeah. Um. I personally found it classy, but yeah. On top of all that. But yeah, amazing bundle, like, bundle either way. Like, that's, that's astonishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, some transitions into the uh, the nighttime plane here for some... Jacob's going to sleep. I am probably not terribly far behind. I don't know how long I'm going to go.
3: Like, I'm happy to keep going because I enjoy talking, but...
1: Well, let's, uh, uh,
2: let's call it a night because Jacob's yeah. going to sleep and he's got to get married in two days. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and I have to do...
2: We can do this again yeah. under a better recording
1: scenario. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, you know, I don't... I assume you do a lot of this remotely. You know, like You know where I live, so... I don't know that I, I should be a regular guest on your show or anything like that. Like, uh-huh. like not, I don't really have much to talk about, but... If you ever, like, in, it, you know, just would enjoy to do this again, that's always something to do. Let's leave it up to you. Yeah. There you go.
2: No real plugs this week, man. Uh, just before we go, I do want to say that my friend Dylan that you just heard from most of the podcast is um an incredible guy but there's nobody i can really think of that i should say thank you more to than his father kenny deke and he's fallen on hard times so i'm going to include a link to his gofundme you can read more about his situation there Uh, please consider giving to it And if you like the show let me know we'll do more like it but until next time stay in the keep